we will prevent sexual assault and support survivors. And I think that using that really strong language was really important to me and to my organization to show just how determined and passionate I was about this cause. And that's actually how we will got our name. Welcome to episode two of Causes for Change, a podcast where I talk to nonprofit founders, philanthropists, and others who donate time and talents to charitable causes. On this podcast, we will explore why people give, how we can be a little more charitable, and get to know these incredible people. I'm Tori Lindy, founder of Education Through Travel, a nonprofit dedicated to educating students and teachers around the world. On today's episode, we will be talking with Brittany Herman, the founder of We Will, which is a nonprofit dedicated to educating about and preventing sexual assault. Now, we will be discussing some sensitive topics in today's episode. So, if you or someone you know of has been the victim of sexual assault, just know you are not alone. Head on over to RAIN, the National Sexual Assault Hotline. Their number is 1 800 656 4673. If you like this conversation with Brittany today and you are inspired to do a little bit more, please let me know. Tag me on Instagram at causes.for.change or at tori.lindy, L-I-N-D-E. If you know of ways people can help, have a cause you want to share, or just want to reach out, please do through Instagram or email me at causesforchangepodcast at gmail.com. Now, let's dive into my conversation with Brittany Herman. Hello, Brittany, and thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, of course. I'm really happy to be here. Awesome. Well, you are the first guest on Causes for Change. I'm honored. That's really exciting. So I asked you on here because we are going to be talking on this podcast to individuals who are nonprofit founders and people who help in their community to help others understand how they can help as well. So let's start with your backstory. How did you get to where you are today? Okay. Yeah. So I am the founder of the nonprofit organization, We Will. It um, has the purpose of preventing sexual assault and helping to mitigate the harmful effects of sexual assault for sexual assault survivors. And this was an issue that is incredibly important to me. I unfortunately have encountered many sexual assaults and had a lot of experiences with that. One of them took place when I was just graduated from high school and I was raped by my boyfriend through coercion. And I didn't even learn until I was in college what coercion was and the fact that I hadn't said yes to what was what had happened, that there wasn't a true yes. And so I realized at that time that I was sexually assaulted and I wondered why my education system, why they hadn't told me what coercion was or what consent was or helped me with refusal skills. So that way I could later on, you know, tell someone after that had happened to me. And I was just really devastated by that. And I actually spoke to my previous partner and he hadn't realized what those concepts were either. He was completely mortified by what had happened. And I mean, that doesn't make it any less what it was. I mean, it was a sexual assault. 
but he was absolutely mortified. And I thought, you know, what if he had known what consent was? What if he'd known what coercion was? And so I just decided to do some research to see if sexual education could help prevent sexual assault. And I found that it could. And I, I knew that I had to do something with that information as soon as I had it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think it's amazing that you chose to do something with it instead of just, oh, that's nice information and moving on with your life. Yeah, well, and and initially what my organization started out what, with was me just looking for an organization to volunteer with. I was like, oh, I did this research project. I now know this information. I'll go volunteer with someone. And, you know, surely there's some other organization that is focused on preventing sexual assault through sexual education. But I honestly couldn't find one. And, and yeah, I kind of came to this point where it's like, well, I have this information. I have to either decide I'm going to do something with it, or I can just let this die with me. I mean, I could, I could, and I did present that information to various academic journals to try and get the information out there, but I knew that there was more that I could do. And so I just decided to go for it. And this was um, about last year. So it's been about one year since I founded We Will. And it's been an amazing experience so far. There's been a lot that we've done to help prevent um, sexual assault through sexual education, as well as bringing awareness to sexual assault and helping support survivors through their assaults. I really do think that is amazing. I've seen some of the work you've done. Was there any particular moment where you thought to yourself, I have to do something, I have to help, I have to move this beyond just me? Really, it was just doing that research project and, and, and I guess really it was, yeah, it was doing that research project. It was figuring out this information. And then I actually had an experience. I have um, a few nieces and nephews and this is kind of a sour attitude to have, but I'd previously had the attitude that it's not a matter of if a woman is going to get sexually assaulted, it's a matter of when she's going to get sexually assaulted. And I, I remember thinking that and just knowing all of the friends that I've had who've gone through this sort of thing and just thinking it was a really pessimistic outlook, but but it's just the way I thought that, you know, everyone's going to get sexually assaulted. And I looked at my newborn niece who was born, yeah, around this time a year ago. And I thought, I cannot live in a world where where that's the norm, where I have just accepted the fact that that people are going to get sexually assaulted. I can't accept the fact that my niece will. I can't accept that another person will tomorrow. And and so that's really what became the breaking point was just realizing that I have to create a better world for the next generation now that I have this information. And so it's been really, really great to have this goal to prevent sexual assaults and to make sure that they don't happen to people through, um, you know, letting assaulters know what is wrong so that way quite simply people do not commit assault because generally people aren't committing assault well I don't know the exact statistics but a lot of the time assault is committed through coercion or through misunderstanding consent or through simply making sure not making sure that your partner is comfortable this is a large majority of assaults and so assault if we teach people what consent is and what coercion is and what refusal skills are and how to recognize when someone is trying to say no, then fewer assaults occur. And that's what the research shows. And so 
So that's really what my goal became. And it's been a wonderful thing to, to have the goal to eliminate sexual assault. But it's also been a little bit heartbreaking as I hear of additional assaults and I um, am contacted by people saying that they were assaulted recently. It's hard, but that is what keeps me going is knowing that one day I can get rid of this. One day, like my organization and those who support um, sexual assault prevention, we can eventually get rid of, of a large number of assaults. And I think that that's something that has really kept driving me, even though I know that that the progress is going to be slow and that it will take quite a while. I think that that's something that's really important for anyone who decides that they want to be involved with a nonprofit or to start a nonprofit is to have a big goal. I mean, eliminating sexual assault, I'm sure you'd agree, Tori, like that's a huge goal. Absolutely. Yeah, just with how many are committed. I mean, certain statistics show that like, four in five women will be sexually assaulted and um, that like one in 70 something, 71 men, I believe it is, will be sexually assaulted. I mean, this is a lot of people we're talking about. So anyone who starts a nonprofit, it's okay to have that huge goal ahead of you, but to keep that big goal as a motivation. So I once went to um, the Utah Nonprofits Association. They had, um, a conference that I was able to attend where the keynote speaker, she explained to us that the only acceptable goal is that big goal. The only acceptable goal is to want to get rid of your organization. And what like a great point. I would love to get for we will to have no more work to do because quite simply like sexual assault is, you know, prevented that there's no more of it. And granted that, that yeah, that might not come to pass for a long time, but, right. but it's something that, you know, we have to aim for. So whatever your cause is, you want to aim to, to make it to where it's just the problem is fixed. And I think that it's, it's okay to have that big goal and to recognize that that goal might not come for the next 20 years, 50 years, 100 years, 200 years, like the goal might not ever be reached. But that's the goal that you should be aiming for is to completely fix whatever problem you're going for. And and yeah, to not be discouraged when it's slow going. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, I feel the same way about education through travel. Yeah. If every teacher was properly educated and every student had the opportunity to get an education, there would be no need for it. And that would be the ultimate goal. So that's, that's a really good point. Yeah, and I think it's important to know that that's what you're aiming for, that that's the end goal. Because my goal wasn't to found a nonprofit, right? And like your goal wasn't to found a nonprofit either. Your goal was to make sure that every teacher and every child is educated. And that's where I'm at. I want to make sure every survivor is supported. And then eventually I want there to be no more survivors because there's no more sexual assault. And in creating that goal, of course, I had to create um, the mission for We Will. And really the mission for We Will is where I started before I even got the name. So I was really struggling with the name and that's why I decided to turn to the mission and just figure out what do I want this um, organization to accomplish and then I'll figure out what to name it so I, people know what I'm doing. And in creating the mission, I was trying to just come up with, with really strong wording. So the wording initially started with we want to eliminate sexual assault and we would like to support survivors or we aim to prevent sexual assault or 
we are determined to support survivors. But I felt like none of that language was really strong enough. And so eventually the mission statement became, we will prevent sexual assault and support survivors. And I think that using that really strong language was really important to me and to my organization to show just how determined and passionate I was about this cause. And that's actually how we will got our name. And so I guess that's like another tip for anyone who wants to start an organization like this or who is interested in serving their community in this way is first determine what do you want to do and then you form your organization around that. Because initially I just wanted to prevent assault and that was the main goal. But in creating my social media, I had enough um, survivors reach out to me that I realized that supporting survivors was part of that. And so that became incorporated into my mission. And so really it's determining both what you want to accomplish and what the community um, responds with to create your organization and what you'll, you'll move forward with. At least that was my experience. Yeah, I really like that. I got goosebumps as you were explaining <laughs> how you were able to to figure out the name for your organization that we will. It's very, it is very strong and and I think it is very important as well. Yeah. Um, I saw this past month, April was Sexual Assault Awareness Month. Yes. Um, I saw you had lots of stuff going on. And I was inspired by how many people were interacting with that and how many people just feel so strongly about this. Yeah, it's something that has really surprised me too. And it's something that um, I think that the We Will community, as I call them, I think that they um, that they hear it a little too often from me. But but constantly, I'm surprised with how much support there is behind this cause. When I started We Will, I didn't know anything about like I knew of one or two like rape recovery centers or places that supported sexual assault survivors. Like I knew of like a couple of them. I knew that there were hotlines, but that's all I really knew about. And so I started We Will not even knowing if there was a community out there, not knowing if if anyone would support me or if anyone would be interested in what I had to say at all. Um, but in creating the social media, that's really where I found an incredible amount of support. And the support really came as I started posting what I call the woman of the week post. Those are posts where um, a survivor chooses to share their story, either anonymously or with their name. And, you know, I started with this tiny social media. I had like 20 followers as every social media account starts, but I started sharing those and then people started sharing those posts. And then so many comments would come just in support of these survivors and in others relating their experiences. And I've received like hundreds of messages about these sorts of things. And so, yeah, I've been incredibly surprised with the community support and the strength. And doing Sexual Assault Awareness Month was something that even elevated my surprise and my, well, yeah, I guess my surprise with this community with just how strong they are and how much people care about this issue. It's inspiring to see other people's passion and that helps fuel me as well. And I think that that's something that most founders of a nonprofit could relate to. It's like you start this thing and you really care about it a lot. And then other people's care helps fuel your passion and your work. And so Sexual Assault Awareness Month was an amazing opportunity for me to 
further share and to connect with a larger community and just recognize the support that's out there and recognize what people need from me as an organization more. And it was really great. We we were able to host a virtual sexual assault awareness month uh, or sexual assault awareness walk. Um, this was something I... I'd seen another organization do a virtual 5K as a fundraiser, and I thought that it was just such a fun and cool idea. Um, I didn't necessarily need to raise money, though. I just wanted to raise awareness. And so I decided that even though because this is being recorded and this was all during the time of the quarantine for coronavirus, um, I decided that even though we couldn't gather together for this sexual assault awareness walk, that I could create an online movement. And it's something that I was really, it, it honestly brought me to tears because we had over a hundred people participate in um, the US and in Canada, which I thought was really cool. So now we're international. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but, but it was just, it was amazing to see how many people cared about this issue, how many people cared about supporting survivors and bringing awareness to this cause. So, so yeah, it's been a humbling experience to see the support. And that's something that for sure, I just want every person who wants to serve their community to know is that the support is out there. Even if you don't feel like you want to start a whole nonprofit, because I'm sure Tori can attest to this, but it's a huge endeavor. Like it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But even if you don't want to do that, there is somewhere you can go in the community and something you can do to help further the cause that you're interested in. You can find different social media um, accounts for various organizations. Or for me, when I was trying to find someone who worked on sexual assault prevention, I just Googled it. I mean, there are so many organizations out there, so many people who could use volunteers that I just encourage you, if you're passionate about something, get up, get out there and serve people because it, I don't know. I always like to say that there's no one more capable than you just to give you that sense of personal responsibility. So the fact that you have been given this passion and this fuel to your fire for something that's really important to you and that could really benefit society. So there's no one more capable. There's no one more passionate. And it's your responsibility to make change in your community if you want to see it. And I think that that's just so important to recognize, like, you are responsible for the changes that you want to see. Yeah, I, I think that is absolutely true. Um, I do know, like, though, that sometimes it can seem a little overwhelming for people to, to get out and do something that they think will actually make a difference. So if you could give just one piece of advice to someone who wants to start something to help others or who wants to go out and help others, what would you tell them? So... I, I actually had the opportunity to speak about this recently, and in the speech that I gave, I came up with just kind of like a few steps that everyone can take to make a difference in their community. So the first thing that I want you to do is just identify what bothers you, and you might already know what bothers you. For me, sexual assault bothered me. Like, it was something that really annoyed me, and it was just, I thought it was I think it's the worst thing on planet Earth, basically. Um, but for you, you know, you might think, well, that pothole on my way to work, that really bothers me. Or maybe it's something bigger, like the, the way that people treat um, a certain community, that really bothers me. So figure out what bothers you. Then figure out the root of the problem. So the root of the problem for sexual assault is 
what I found to be through my research is poor education. Um, for the pothole, it might be the city is the root of the problem, the fact that they're not maintaining the roads. Um, for a way a community is treated, maybe that's poor education as well. So identify what bothers you, identify the root of that problem, and then think, what is one manageable step I can take in the next 72 hours to fix that problem? So I knew that sexual assault bothered me. The step that I wanted to take was just to research, why is this such a problem? And that just started with a Google search and then it turned into a 30 page paper. <laughs> um, but, but it doesn't have to do that for you. You can just, what is one manageable step that you could take? So for that pothole, it might be, I'm just going to call the city. Like that's one manageable step you can take within 72 hours to make a difference in your community. If it's how a certain community is treated, you can just make a social media post on your story or, or something small like that. Like just make one small step. And so really my, my advice, my succinct version of my advice really is just to take one small step toward helping your community. And the reason that I tell you to identify your problem and the root of the problem beforehand is because I want that step to be something that's actually going to make a difference because it is really daunting to try and make a big difference in, in a particular area, but you, but you can do it if you're, even if you just want to do one small thing, you can do it as long as you're attacking the root of the problem rather than kind of the effects of the problem. And so, so yeah, just figure out what the root of the problem is and then take one small step to just take a little chunk away at that problem. Taking that little chunk away could start a ripple effect in that, um, that issue or that community or, or that cause that you're really interested in to to move it forward and you don't you don't know the effect that you can have and so why not why not at least do something small even if it just stays something small you've still done something and I think that that's a beautiful thing I would completely agree yeah just that one little thing it doesn't have to be a month-long humanitarian trip across the world you know it no. it's yeah. just in those little steps and I think we've seen that a lot with this worldwide pandemic that we have going on right now where you know, a teacher just stops by a student's house who seems to be having a hard time and they social distance talk for a little bit. Or, you know, someone leaves out some food mm -hmm. on the curb and says, like, please take if you need it. And I think just those are little things, but they're making ripple effects in the world right now. Exactly. Well, and especially because when, when you do any amount of service and someone is able to see it, that inspires them to do service in some way too. Because yeah, I think about that teacher, you know, sitting on the sidewalk talking to that child. I saw that in a social media post. And my thought was like, wow, yeah, what can I do to help comfort people during this time? And then that turned into a project that we did together, Tori. Um, you suggested it, but then it, you know, my ideas came from the fact that, you know, I saw how other people were serving and that we thought, you know, what can we do to serve others as well? And I think that that's just so important to, yeah, take that one little step and start that ripple effect. I would completely agree with that. I do know that you have, that you've been able to do a few other things in your life beyond We Will that have uh, created ways for you to serve and, and do more for your community. As a little bit of a backstory for everyone, we 
Brittany and I went to law school together. And so I know that she worked with the women in law at our Mm -hmm. law school and that she does other things. So if you just have like a little bit about that, that you've been able to, to do as well. Yeah, of course. So like Tori said, we went to law school together. Super fun times. I don't know if you guys have heard, but law school's the best. But yeah, so I had the opportunity to serve there as the women in law president. And that was a really great service opportunity and a wonderful leadership opportunity for me. But again, it didn't start with something big. It started with something really small. Um, My second year of law school, they sent out invites to apply to the women in law board. And I thought, oh, like, I'll just take this little position. I was called the alumni chair. Like I'm good at talking to alumni. I think that it's something, it's a strength that I can bring. So I'll just start in this little position and like, I'll just stay there and that'll be good enough for me. But then the opportunity came to apply to be president. And I thought, you know, I see so many other ways that we can help serve this community and help serve these women. And so I just decided, you know, I'll just apply to be president and it worked out and it's been an amazing opportunity to not only serve women, but to serve with such amazing women. And so that's been a great opportunity for me. Um, Additionally, just service around the community has been really important. I am an ambassador for Children's Miracle Network Hospitals and for Souls for Souls and what those two organizations do. Children's Miracle Network Hospitals, they help fund children's medical care for those who can't afford it or those who have really extreme medical needs. And then Souls for Souls helps to gather gently used shoes and they send them to third world countries and help support small businesses in third third world countries or simply help to clothe those individuals. And and those service opportunities have been amazing for me to to just interact with and they're really they're really small things for Children's Miracle Network hospitals. I just bring awareness to to Children's Miracle Network hospitals. I fundraise for them every year um, just through through various personal fundraisers because every every little amount helps and for Souls for Souls honestly, I just collect shoes and it's really no big deal at all. All that you all that I've done is just post an opportunity for people to serve through Just Serve and ask them um, you know, I've just posted it on that platform and said like, hey, if you have extra shoes when you're doing spring cleaning, just send them my way basically. And it's been um, an amazing opportunity to serve in that way. And so so I think that that's something huge that I've learned is that service does not have to be like some big thing. You think, oh, like an ambassador for this organization and that organization, that it would be something huge and something really daunting. But the shoes one, I mean, I literally just post on one platform about shoes and I've gathered like 800 pairs of shoes. I mean, so, so yeah, I mean, it's just these really small things and there are so many organizations out there where you can serve in these little ways. I have had the opportunity to volunteer with Operation Underground Railroad. I was watching a summer parade a couple of years ago and I had never heard of Operation Underground Railroad before, but they had people walking in the parade and I decided to just look up their organization. I found out what they do and I discovered how important that issue was um, because they help prevent child human trafficking. And I just decided, yeah, I can can sign up for their email list, their volunteer list. And I did. And through that, I've had the opportunity to, um, to attend a few different fundraisers and to to even like share my talents at those fundraisers. For example, we had one that um, was a tour of homes where people, you know, paid 
some, I don't know, paid for a ticket to go through these really fancy homes in Park City. And I was asked to simply just stand there and play Christmas songs on my flute um, while people walked through the home. And that was something that was super enjoyable for me. I loved playing the flute um, and it was able to help attract people to this fundraiser, which I thought was really cool. And so so there are just so many different ways and so many different organizations to help share your talents and to, to do something that you really enjoy. Um, a final way that I have really gotten into service in my community is through the Miss America organization. I just did one of these scholarship competitions for fun as a bucket list item. And then I won, which I did not really expect to do, but it happened and that was really exciting for me. And through that, I have been able to serve the community in so many different ways, just being invited to events, to serve in really small ways. It's been really exciting and it's helped better me as a person. And so, so that's been a fun opportunity as well. And I think that there are so many different organizations like that, because really what the Miss America organization does is help connect young women to additional service opportunities. I mean, they do far more beyond that. They provide scholarship opportunities. They provide friends and a really fun time, of course. But I found that that there's a lot of value in that organization and connecting you with other service opportunities. And I know that there are more organizations beyond the Miss America organization that do that. And so I encourage everyone to to find some organization or some way that they can connect with other service opportunities. I know that Just Serve is really popular um, in some areas. And I know that a lot of opportunities come through various church services. Um, or even if, I don't know, my family when I was younger, we weren't members of this one church organization in our community, but we still went and served with them on some service projects. It was just nice to get out there and to serve others and and it was a really fun opportunity. So I just encourage everyone to look for those opportunities because I, if you if you were to list this, the service that I do and the different organizations I work with, it sounds like a lot, but really it's not. It's, it's I should, I could do more. Um, and, and I think that, you know, service, it's not as daunting as people think. It's, it doesn't have to be as big as you think. It doesn't have to be, you know, every day, many hours a day. It can just be just be a little bit a week, just doing something once a week, just, just getting out there doing something. Yeah. Well, it does sound amazing. You know, all the things that you do, it's very inspirational. Um, and I hope that everyone is able to think of something that they can do in their communities. As we're wrapping up, I was wondering, what do you think the best thing that someone could do to help your cause? I think that the best thing someone could do to help We Will um, and further our mission, because really we're we're super focused right now on sexual assault prevention and making sure that that proper sexual education reaches all states and all communities, is simply to call your local legislature or to email them, because that's, I mean, that's how I've gotten in contact with Utah legislators is simply by just looking up, you know, Utah legislators and then emailing them and saying, hey, I'm really concerned about sexual assault prevention education. And I just want you to know that. And, you know, some of them just responded like, okay, thanks. Like they weren't that concerned. And then others reached back out and they said, okay, yeah, like what can I do as a legislator to help? So, what I would love is for anyone listening to just 
email or call a local legislator or state legislator and say, hey, just so you know, I think that sexual education is really important. And it's something that I would love to see us improve in this next legislative session. And then, you know, some of them might not respond, but if they do respond and you have personal thoughts about it, share your personal thoughts. If not, direct them to my organization. Say, hey, like, I know it's really important because this organization, we will, has shared the importance of it. I would love for you to get in contact with them to figure out more what um, sexual education in our state should look like. And that's something that I can provide to them. So really just getting in contact with your local legislators or state legislators at all. And then going, we can see where we can go from there. Yeah, that sounds super doable. That would take like, what, 10 minutes maybe? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, when I started doing it, I thought that this, it was going to be hours long of like contacting legislators and trying to get a hold of them. Like literally one of them I tweeted at and she responded and then I got in contact with her that way. Like it really, it is not hard to contact them. Like immediately I was able to call them or they wanted to call me back or we'd email back and forth. Like it took, yeah, maybe 10 minutes, if that. Yeah, that's incredible. I love that. And I am just so, like I said, inspired by you and everything that you and we will are doing. And I am so grateful that you came on today to, to chat with me. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I love sharing my message and I I just really hope that, that people are able to take advantage of service opportunities. Absolutely. Um, before we wrap up, do you want to share with everyone how they can get in contact with you, how they can uh, get in contact with We Will? Yes, I would love to. Okay, so We Will has a website. It's just wewill.org, so W-E-W-I-L-L-O-R-G.com, wewillorg.com. Or you can connect with us on Facebook. Just look up um, We Will and the page should come up. Or finally, we have an Instagram at we.will.organization. And those are the way to reach us. Um, If you want to reach me personally, you'll be able to find me through there. I'm literally posting all the time. And so it really shouldn't be a problem to to find We Will or to find me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again. And I hope you have a great night. Yeah, you too, Tori. I'll talk to you later. I am so grateful I got to talk with Brittany today and get her insights into how we can do a little more, even if it's just sending an email. And I am so grateful for all of you. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review. It really does help so much, and it makes it so I can keep spreading a little more brightness through Causes for Change.